Let me say my warm welcome to you this morning. It's great to be back up at Mount Martha this morning. It was a great service last week, wasn't it? Just gathering together and again, that symbolic gesture that we're all together here as the people of God on the peninsula trying to see God's kingdom come and trying to see more people uh, come to Jesus. doesn't matter what church you go to or what denomination you're part of. We're all the people of God here and that's a great thing to remind ourselves of um, because it's really encouraging to see God's doing little things in all these different places and together they add up to something significant. Yeah? So you might think you're only doing something little but together collectively it's significant. So, yeah, it was really encouraging last week. Um, So this week, we're starting a little short series uh, on walking with Jesus. So um, we wanted, again, start the year thinking about what are the most important things and prioritising what our mission and being the people of God together is going to be. That whole sense of walking with Jesus and partnering with Jesus every day and everywhere we go. And so today, I'm talking about the Word of God, as you would have picked up from um, the kids' talk just before. Uh, Now, it's a great privilege for me to be able to do that. Now, did we get the picture up there? There it is, there. So it's a great privilege for me to do that. I think Paul must have seen favour and said, I'll get Dave to do this one because he'll love it. And he was right. Uh, This is a great uh, passage or I'm going to look at today. It's 2 Timothy 3. Some of you already know where I'm going with that. Um, But if you want to grab your Bible or grab your phone and uh, get it open, that would be great too. Um, But before you kind of say, "Oh, oh, not this again, read your Bible. Yeah, 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 I've heard it all before. Been in church a long time. Yeah, read your Bible. Now, before you kind of switch off, right? Now, I know there's a temptation to do that because I've been in church and sitting and go, yeah, I've heard this before. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right. But before you do that, let me give you a bit of a window into why this is so significant, why this is so important uh, that we get into God's Word. Now, I just want you to think for a minute about all the troubles in the world. If you can think about all the kind of oppression, the corruption, the kind of injustice that's going on in the world today, if you think about that just for a moment. Now, if I just use the Taliban's taking over of Afghanistan as an example, there's lots of things you could pick on, but I'm just going to use this uh, because it was pretty um, uh, big in the media for a while and it's kind of died off a bit. Now, the temptation and the way it's portrayed often is Tent, uh, you know, Taliban, bar, Taliban bad, West good. You know, there's this dichotomy of those people are bad, but we're good people. You know? but, but the Bible doesn't give us that option. The Bible doesn't actually present the world like that. That's far too simplistic. All right? What does Paul say in Romans? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. No one is righteous, not even one. No one looks for God. All have turned away and gone their own way. You see, the Bible doesn't give us that option to say we're good and they're bad. We're all corrupt. We're all broken. All people in every country, in every culture. The issue is some people believe things that justify their poor actions and their terrible behaviour. And that's the difference Some people believe things that justify their poor decisions and terrible behaviour. So if I use the Taliban for an example again. So when they took over, right, so they they actually executed hundreds of people when they took over, if not thousands. Now they did that because they saw those people as enemies of Allah. 
These people who had corrupted the purity and the sanctity of their culture by bringing in the West into their country, by aligning themselves with foreigners. And so they believed they were justified in executing these people. Now, before you think, oh, that's so terrible. Remember the Old Testament when the bad kings of Israel brought in the idols from other nations and God condemned them for it. They saw it in that same light that these people were bringing in these foreign idols, these foreign ways into their country and they needed to be eradicated and got rid of. And then because of that, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people were displaced and they fled fearing for their lives. In fact, we met some of them um, not last year, the year before, when we ran a little um, uh, refugee, refugee awareness um, session down at uh, Rosebud uh, last year, and we invited some of these families down uh, to talk to us. We were trying to help them to see if this area on the peninsula was somewhere where they could relocate to. And I met a family there who had been working for the World Health Organization and with the UN, and they had to flee. Their lives were threatened. They walked away with nothing but suitcase with clothes. They lost their house, they lost their car, they lost all their possessions, all their family. They just had to walk away from it because their lives were being threatened by these people. Terrible, terrible tragedy. But not because the Taliban are evil people, but because they believe things that justify these terrible actions. They're just as broken as you and I. And then the same as the story has gone on, obviously then women were told they weren't allowed to work anymore um, and then girls and uh, young women weren't allowed to go to university and they're not allowed to go to school now. And so there's terrible kind of injustice happening in that part of the world, not because they're uh, morally inferior to us, but because they believe certain things. All right? What you believe determines how you act. That's why this is so significant. That's why getting into God's word is so important for us because it shapes how you see the world and what you believe about the world. Now, Paul understands that. So if you've got your Bible there and we're looking at 2 Timothy chapter 3 and just a, a two sections out of this, all right, have a look at what Paul says. Paul understands this. this is, the Bible is fantastic. You don't have to do a PhD in sociology. All right? The Bible will tell you these things if you're looking for them. All right. So Paul tells us here, He's speaking to Timothy. He says, but mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. And now what, if you know the context of what's going on here, the last days um, is when people are turning away from God. When they're following their own um, beliefs and their own doing what's right in their own eyes. Uh, and they're following after foreign gods and that sort of thing. Um, he's saying that this will be the end times. And what's going to happen when these people do this, when they turn their backs on God, when they walk away from God? And his ways, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents. Ungrateful. Oh, did you hear that, kids, just by the way? Um, no. Disobedient to their parents. I think that's been a problem forever, hasn't it? Um, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, Brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited. Do you think Paul's getting the message across? Lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God. And so you get this picture here. Paul can see it. 
when people turn away from God and just do what's right in their own eyes, it leads to these kind of behaviours. They believe they're justified in just looking after themselves, in just seeking pleasure for themselves. I mean, that's the way it's meant to be, isn't it? Now, you only have to spend 10 minutes on social media today and you can see this kind of thing happening. But people think the whole world is about them and them getting ahead and them impressing other people. And they start to justify their selfish and self-interested behaviour because of that. So this matters, all right? What we believe about the world matters. And we find Jesus and we find the important things in the scriptures. And so this is what Paul does as an antidote to this. What's Paul's solution to not getting caught up with this? Because believe you me, if you are not trying to find God and seeking after God, you will be getting swept along with the broader culture. If you're not deliberately trying to seek God and find him and follow him, you will get swept along with the broader culture. This is what Paul says then. Further on in 2 Timothy, as part of the whole thing. Um, verse 13 says, While evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived, but as for you, continue in what you have learned. And have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it. And how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures. For they are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is God breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now let me just focus on those last two verses for a minute just to kind of again open up this thing about why this is so important. All right, so Paul's saying here, all scripture is God breathed. Now there's an allusion here to Genesis 1, Genesis 2, where God breathes life into Adam. He breathed his breath into his nostrils and life began. And there's this sense here, what Paul is saying is, all scripture is God-breathed. It will bring life to you. It will bring the ways of God to you if you follow them and will give you the way of life that brings flourishing. When Jesus says, I have come come to give you life and life in the full, he's saying, if you follow the scriptures, if you follow what God has put before you, you will have this full life, full of what God intends for you. Um, and so we get the sense where all of scriptures are God-breathed. And there's a technical thing here about the Old Testament, and we won't get into that. Come talk about to me later about that, all right? But this whole idea that it's God-breathed. It's God speaking to you directly. If you want to hear from God, go to his word. You will hear from him. All right, and then why? Because it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in Righteousness. And what is righteousness in the context of the scriptures? Righteousness is living the right way before God. It's living in a way that is actually honouring to God and actually follows his ways. And so this whole sense of if we're getting into the word, if we're reading it and meeting God there and doing the things that are there, then we will be living in a way that brings glory to God, that's living in this right way. Now, the reason why that's so important I want you to understand this, all right? 
Now, I'll just finish this little bit where it says, and so the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. All right? Why this is so significant is because when we do these things, when we act in godly ways, when we do the things that Jesus does, excuse me, my voice is going. Should have brought my water up to start with. All right. When we do these things, when we act in a way like Jesus acts in the world, we actually, in fact, are manifesting the kingdom of God in the world. We are answering the prayer of Jesus in the Lord's Prayer. He says, Lord, your will be done. Your kingdom come into the world. Every act of kindness, every act of compassion, every act of generosity is actually bringing the kingdom of God into the world. Every kind of act of justice and righteousness is bringing the kingdom of God into the world. It's making it tangible. It's making it real here. That's what's at stake here. If we don't follow after God, If we don't seek God in the scriptures, we will get swept away and like the start of this scripture, we'll end up being lovers of ourselves and lovers of money and lovers of all the things that the rest of the world is loving. We need to actually be meeting God in the scriptures and letting him guide and direct our lives. Now, if you don't think that you're not being influenced by the world, if you think you're one of those people, no, 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 that doesn't happen to me, um, just want you to look at something else. And some of you would have noticed I skipped over this, all right, for, for this reason. Paul also says in this last passage from verse 15, says, How from infancy you have known the scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, what else is at stake here and what Paul is um, alluding to here is people's eternal destiny is at stake. That's what's at stake here. Now, if you're feeling slightly uncomfortable about that, if you're feeling slightly uncomfortable about the exclusivity of that, let me tell you, you've been deeply influenced by the broader culture. And I feel it at times as well. And I have to remind myself again that God's overall picture of the world isn't that every person should be able to do whatever they please with no judgment which is the broader cultural push at the moment. Everyone should be able to do whatever they want as long as it doesn't affect somebody else um, and they should be supported in that. The scriptures don't give us that option. It actually gives us a way of living and it points us to Jesus. What does Jesus say about himself? There is no other name under heaven and earth by which men can be saved. I am the bread of life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Or I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is an exclusive claim here. And it grates against the broader culture we're in at the moment. Now, it's easy to get swept along with that. And we're seeing that. And I'm hearing that from lots of corners of the Christian world today. That are saying, oh, well, you know, like as long as people are pretty good, God will accept them. Like, where do you find that in the Bible? I mean, that's Paul's point when he says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory. None of us will be good enough. It doesn't matter who you are or what you believe. None of us will be good enough. The only way to salvation is through Jesus Christ. And so we're seeing these things happen because we're not 
soaking ourselves in the scriptures. We're not letting that be our final authority and our guide and understanding it and finding God there. That's what actually happens. We get swept along with the broader culture. Now, I can see this in lots of other places. Another thing, when I was doing some research um, for uh, part of my master's, that one of these brilliant, I may have told this story before, brilliant theologians, done an amazing amount of good for the universal church in terms of bringing to light some of the things that have been missed from the scriptures. A brilliant, brilliant guy. But when I was reading um, some of his views on particular things in the world, one of the things he said was the whole of the church, Christendom, in the 21st century needs to rethink its sexual ethic. It says it's actually out of touch with reality. It's actually causing more harm than good. It's actually abhorrent that we would say to young people and to young adults that they should not be involved sexually with others until they're married. Now, he was basing that on this whole thing that the underlying um, goal of life is human flourishing. And anything that actually is uncomfortable or difficult or doesn't allow you to do what you want to do is wrong. Now, where do you find that in the Bible? You don't find that in the Bible. You find that because you're influenced by the broader culture and not what the scriptures are telling you. And so that's what's at stake here. That's why this is so important. That's why you shouldn't, when I first said we're going to talk about the word, you shouldn't go, oh, oh, oh. That's what's at stake. It's bringing the kingdom into the world and actually seeing people's eternal salvation actually come um, to those around us and into the world. So what do I want to say to people this morning? What do I want to challenge you with this morning in terms of that? The concept of reading the scriptures is not difficult. The access to them is easy. We've got more opportunity now than we've ever had in our lives. What I want to say is make it actually a priority this year, 2023. Make it a priority to get into the word of God, to meet with Jesus there, to get to know God there. Spend time actually investing in that and it will shape your life. It will change the person you are if you spend time in that word because you'll meet Jesus there and he will shape your life. Now, I know many people here today um, read the word regularly. I I know that's great. I'm going to say something about that in a minute. But if that's not you, if you're a person who's never really read the scriptures regularly or you've always struggled with it, what I want to say is just start small. Just make a goal, just make it a target to read the scriptures for five minutes, three times a week. If you're not reading the Bible at all at the moment. Five minutes, three times a week. It's so doable. It's so easy. Just do that. And if you can do that, while you're doing that, just answer these three questions as you read the scriptures. What is God telling me or what is this telling me about God and his nature? What is this telling me about me? about myself and the world? What is this asking me to do? And if you can start asking those questions and let the Spirit of God bring conviction, bring guidance, bring insight into your life, your life will be transformed by it. I can guarantee that. Money back guarantee. Now, I know that's true because when I became a Christian, I actually, before I became a Christian, I'd actually assumed and bought the concept of Darwinianism, that only the fits, only the strongest survive. And so it doesn't matter if you lie, you cheat, you steal, as long as you're winning, 
As long as you're winning and beating the others, you are the stronger. And the weak will die out, but you will go on. But then when I became a Christian and started reading the Bible, I suddenly discovered a new way of life. And my life started to get transformed by that. And I started to actually do what the scriptures say. And my life was completely turned around by it. Radical transformation. Not because of something in me, but because of what God was showing me and what the Spirit was doing. Amazing. Now, that's if you have never read the scriptures before. If you're a regular reader of the Bible, I want to challenge you to do something. All right, Something different, something slightly kind of probably awkward. Is I want to challenge you to actually, one of the times when you're reading the Bible, if, it's, if you can make it work in your life, to go to a public place to read the scriptures. Go to somewhere where other people are. Now, there's a couple of things that could happen in that. People will see you reading the Bible and that will trigger something in their mind going, oh, what's that all about? Or they might think, oh, God, a religious freak. Um, whatever. But that's okay because who are we following? Jesus, not the world, not what other people think about us. So go to a public place. Now, the reason I'm saying go to a public place is all sorts of things could happen. But what will happen is as you read and you ask God, show me what this means for this group of people. Show me what this means for this community. What, is the Bible, what does the Bible have to say to this group of people? And you'll be surprised what God starts to show you. And that will actually open up a way to start talking about the scriptures and Jesus with others around you. Now, that might be unrealistic for some of you. I realise that. Getting out to a public place, life's too hectic. You've got too many things on. Can I challenge you to do this then? If, that, if you can't make that work, oh, if I get the right picture. Next time you're going shopping, next time you're downtown Maney, um, downtown Mornington or wherever it is, Frankston, you know, Rosebud, Rye, whatever. When you're at the shops, whatever you've read that day, ask God to show you what does that mean for this group of people. Look at people's faces. Look at what's going on around you and say, God, what does this mean? This passage I read this morning, what does it mean for this group of people that I'm seeing here? How could I engage with this group of people with this scripture? What could I say that might bring life to these people? And might bring the word of God to them. Now, some of you may not go to the shops very often, all right, but all of us are doing something where we're in community somewhere. And so that's the point, either at work or at education or at something. We're with other people. And the point is, if you're reading the scriptures regularly, I want to challenge people to think more broadly than just how does this apply to me? But how does it apply to the community? And you'll be surprised what God will open up. And it will give you opportunities to start thinking and talking to others about the word of God. So let me wrap it up. What am, I, what am I trying to say here? I think that if we do this, if collectively we actually read the scriptures um, together and start talking about that and we're meeting God there, then together as the people of God, we will start to see transformation take place in our own lives and in the community around us. Because the Spirit of God will be at work. Not because we're morally superior to others, but because we're getting guidance from Him who knows all things. We're getting pointed in the right direction. And so I want to finish with this. My, as I said before, when I first became a Christian, I had a simple thing I said to God. 
I said, okay, because I didn't know if it was true or not when I first became a Christian. I was just kind of out there. I said, okay, if it's true, I'll do what it says and it'll work. If not, I'm out of here. It was very simple, a very Australian kind of thing to do. It's very pragmatic. It's got to work or it's useless. Guess what? It worked. 40 years later, I'm more convinced than ever of the importance of the Word of God in our lives. Yeah, yeah, someone's going to clap. It is the bread of life. It's the river of living water. It is the way of God. This is where we can be transformed and meet with God and bring transformation to our world. Pray with me. Father God, I want to thank you again for your word and the great wisdom that's found there. Wisdom for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Wisdom for righteousness and living in such a way as to bring the kingdom into the world tangibly, not just in ideas, but in reality, literally making the world a better place. And we thank you for that. Father, we pray that by your spirit, with all of the distractions we have around us, with all our devices and all the opportunities, Father, I pray that by your spirit, you will cut through all that Bring us to your word. Help us to prioritize that above all those other distractions so that we might meet with you there and we might be the people of God together here on the peninsula. Amen. Amen. Amen.